Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and give my podcast five stars. Also, follow me on all of my social media platforms. The Gratitude Chick for both Instagram and Facebook, Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter, and on TikTok, Babes Who Manifest. Also, for all of my reading babes, check out the new reading merch on the website, www.bwmmerch.com. And welcome back to another episode of your weekly devotional with the Gratitude Chick. Um, today we are finishing up 1 Samuel. We are starting here today with chapter number 28. And we are on our journey. We're almost through. I'm not sure if I'm, we're going to go to 2 Samuel or if we're going to do something else. I haven't decided just yet. But let us start our reading for today. I did already pray off camera. Oops, off recording because I am not on camera. Um, So let's dive in. And as a reminder, I do read with my own commentary. You don't have to agree. But if you should have a different viewpoint, please feel free to email me for a dialogue at babeswhomanifest at gmail.com. Now it happened in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for war to fight with Israel. And Achish said to David, You assuredly know that you will go out with me to battle, you and your men. So David said to Achish, Surely you know what your servant can do. And Achish said to David, Therefore I will make you one of my chief guardians forever. Now Samuel had died, and all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah in his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the spiritualists out of the land. Then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shunem. So Saul gathered all Israel together and they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, Find me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. So we all know that God did not approve of witchcraft in the Bible. So, as a result, you know what? Let's just let's just read on. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> and his servant said to him, "In fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor." So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes, and he went and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night, and he said, "Please conduct a séance for me." And bring up for me the one I shall name to you. Then the woman said to him, Look, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the spiritualists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by the Lord. 
isn't that funny? Saying, as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, do not be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, what is his form? And she said, an old man is coming up and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel and he stopped with his face to the ground and bowed down. Now Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed for the Philistines make war against me. And God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore, I have called you that you may reveal to me what I should do. Then Samuel says, so why do you ask me, seeing that the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? And at this point, and not, not even at this point, before, as he was chasing, you know, David all across the land, he knew then that his anointing, had been withdrawn from the Lord. But he kept going because he knew that David was, I I believe, this is just my own opinion, that David was the chosen and the next one in line to be king. I do believe, and he knew this inherently. And the Lord has, um, let's see. So why do you ask me saying that the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? And the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, neighbor David. Okay, so now Samuel's telling him this. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, nor execute his fierce wrath upon you, Amalek, uh, no, I'm sorry. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek, Therefore, the Lord has done this thing to you this day. If you guys remember in in one of the very first wars that was written about, you know, the Lord told him to go and kill everybody, babies on up, and he didn't. He took the oxen and all of that, and he saved the king. Remember that? This is what he's talking about. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. So when he says, tomorrow you and your sons will be with me, what do you guys think that means? Samuel is dead right now. And I'm going to be honest with you. I believe that, and again, this is just all conjectures in my opinion. I believe that the reason why the Lord allowed the spirit of Samuel to come to this conversation, um, not because the witch of Endor had any power to bring him up but because the Lord allowed him to come so that he could be answered and answered by a way that he knows that Saul would believe and the only way Saul would believe is through Samuel so that I mean that again that's just my opinion and my take on this because um as a Christian you know we were raised to you know not believe in spirits and mediums and things like that and one of the reasons why is uh, we were always pointed towards this story and Saul going to see the witch of Endor. 
Um, and it wasn't necessarily him going to see the Witch of Endor. It was because him going to see the witch in lieu of God because God cut him off. And it was basically painted in a way to state that if you can't go to God and God is not answering you, then you go to someone else. And at that point, you stepped out of, you know, your relationship with God to go and seek someone who is not of God to give you answers. And that is kind of the reason why this is really seen as something bad in, you know, in the church. And while I I am no longer affiliated with any, you know, organized religion, I still agree with this. I believe that I don't believe in, you know, mediums and calling up spirits. I, again, the Bible tells us that when you die, your spirit goes back to the Lord who gave it. That is in Ecclesiastes. So if I know that the spirit goes back to God, then I believe that in this situation, God allowed Samuel's spirit to come and speak. That is that is how I feel. Okay. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground and was dreadfully afraid because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no food all day or all night. Now, the fact that he fell on the ground, like, prostrate, just lets you know how much he believed Samuel's word. And this is why I say I believe that God allowed his spirit to come back, because that was the only way Saul would believe. And the woman came to Saul and said that he was severely, and saw that he was severely troubled and said to him, Look. Your maidservant has obeyed your voice, and I have put my life in my hands and heeded the words which you spoke to me. Now, therefore, please heed also the voice of your maidservant and let me set a piece of bread before you and eat that you may have strength when you go on your way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. So his servants together with the woman urged him, and he heeded their voice. Then he arose from the ground and sat on the bed. Now the woman had a fatted calf in the house, and she hastened to kill it. And she took flour and kneaded it and baked unleavened bread from him, from it. So she brought it before Saul and his servants, and they ate. Then they rose and went away that night. Okay, so that was chapter number 28. And what we have learned in this chapter is that now uh, Saul knows that, um, number one, whatever his suspicion of losing his anointing, he is aware now that it is lost. He's aware now that David is going to be the next king. And um, Samuel intimated that him and his sons would die. Now, I can't remember really what happens because I want to say Jonathan still lived. But, uh, because didn't Jonathan marry one of David's daughters? But, You know what? I don't want to speculate. Let's just keep reading. Then the Philistines gathered together. I'm on chapter 29. Gathered together all their armies at Aphek, and the Israelites encamped by a fountain, which is in Jezreel. And the lords of the Philistines passed in review by hundreds and by thousands. But David and his men passed in review at the rear with Achish. Then the princess of the Philistines says, What are these Hebrews doing here? 
And Achish said to the princes of the Philistines, Is this not David, the servant of Saul, king of Israel, who has been with me these days or these years? And to this day I have found no fault in him since he defected to me. But the princes of the Philistines were angry with him. So the princes of the Philistines said to him, Make this fellow return that he may go back to the place which you have appointed for him, and do not let him go down with us to battle lest in the battle he become our adversary. For with what could he reconcile himself to his master, if not with the heads of these men? Is this not David, of whom they sang to one another in dances, saying, Saul Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? Then Achish called David and said to him, Surely, as the Lord lives, you have been upright, and you're going out and you're coming in with me, And the army is good in my sight. For to this day I have not found evil in you since the day of your coming to me. Nevertheless, the lords do not favor you. Therefore, return now and go in peace, and you may not that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. So David said to Achish, But what have I done? And to the to this day, what have you found in your servant as long as I have been with you, that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my lord, the king? Then Achish answered and said to David, I know that you are as good in my sight as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the princes of the Philistines have said he shall not go up with us to the battle. Now, therefore, rise early in the morning with your master's servants who have come with you. And as soon as you are up early in the morning and have light, depart. So David and his men rose early to depart in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines, and the Philistines went up to Jezreel. Hmm, that's amazing that um, he was going to come and fight against uh, the army of the Lord. But I guess maybe um, the Lord was protecting him you know, with a kish and saying, because he had already told Saul that you are going to be delivered in, into my hands, you, your sons, and your army. So I guess that was a way of saving David because um, Samuel literally said that Saul was going to die. So verse uh, chapter 30. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south. And Ziklag, now listen, this is my one of my favorite scriptures we're about to come come upon. And I'm going to stop and explain to you why this is one of my favorite scriptures. Um, again, now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captives. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now here is the verse. Now great David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters and here it goes 
but David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. And I want to say, this is the New King James Version, but I want to say, let me see. The King James Version says something different. Sorry. I have to look it up on another another um, device. Okay, and it says, in the King James Version, it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. So, when I first read that verse, I was, it is a, it's like a blurb, you know, you could really miss it. But when I first read it, it just jumped out at me because it's just like, okay, so everything was coming against him. And these people that he was riding with and, you know, that was fighting by his side, by his side, they were discussing stoning David because he was their leader and as their leader his job was to protect and instead of protect their city was burned and their their wives and children were taken away so they gathered together and they discussed uh, stoning David and his response was not to run as Saul would have run his response was not to lament, to not, not to cry, to not to blame God as most of us would normally do in situations. I'm raising my hand as I speak in situations where things are not looking good for us. We always tend to be outside of ourselves in the blame game. We don't blame ourselves. We don't take ownership. We don't put the onus on ourselves. We tend to automatically make God the scapegoat. But in this instance, what always, what got me from the very first time I read it was, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And what I wanted to know is, and I literally sat and I kind of broke down what this meant you know, as far as my own personal opinion was concerned. What did it mean to encourage myself in the Lord, my God? And I took it on to be my own meaning, you know? And what I got from that is something very simple, something that I didn't even think about any time that I've ever come into any difficulty. And I can look back And I can say to myself, had you done this, that difficulty probably would have lasted for a mere moment. But because you allowed yourself to go into a tantrum like a child, it lasted much longer than it should. So what I have learned is that when David encouraged himself in the Lord, what I took that to mean is this. Go back in your mind and remember everything that God has brought you through. And, and, and it's one of the reasons why I keep a journal of all of my blessings. You know, you can call it a manifestation journal, a blessings journal, gratitude journal, whatever you want to call it. It is a journal where I write down every single thing that God has blessed me with. Every time I pray and the prayer comes through, every single time that I have just been blessed, 
where I can go back and refer back. And I started that just simply because of this verse. Because when you are able to go back and read in your own words the things and the goodness of God, because when you are in a state where you have reaped a reward from God and you are in a praising, thanking state, at that moment, write it down. Write down that gratitude letter. Write down those gratefuls. Write down, just journal it out. Because when you are in a moment when you are having so much come against you, that is the time when you refer back to your own words of gratitude and praise to God. And it will allow you to remember the goodness of God. And as the Bible tells us, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. So I caution you and I and I tell you right now, I am a cautionary tale, but I tell you right now, Every time that the Lord blesses you, get your blessing journal and write it down. Even if you have to do a gratitude letter, however you have to do it, write it down in detail. Write your emotion, write your feeling, because what you want to do is always be able to refer back to this journal. And you always want to read your feelings and feel those feelings again. That is what will carry you through tough times, challenging times. That will carry you through. And all of that I got just from this, you know, simple little blurb. It's not even a full verse because it comes at the end of a verse. It's the first Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. It comes at the end of the verse. And it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Not, but David encouraged himself, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And for me, what that meant for me is to encourage myself in all of the blessings that I have already received from God. And this is why I am a huge proponent of gratitude. The more grateful you are, the more you will always have to be grateful for. And again, it doesn't have to be about material things the more grateful you are for great health the more great health you will receive the more grateful you are for a healthy mind the more healthy your mind will be the more grateful you uh grateful you are for love the more love you receive the more grateful you are for kindness the more kindness you'll receive so it's not always just about material things guys Learn to be grateful for everything. And I told you guys many times before, my grandmother ingrained this into me when I was a very ungrateful child. And she used to tell me in all things, give thanks. And I used to say, what about being thankful for? Like I never looked around and said, I am so grateful that my mother's family chose me to raise and to give a home to instead of putting me with a father I didn't know or putting me as a ward of the state and letting people that don't know me raise me. I never thought of that. I was singularly focused. And when you're singularly focused, you are unable to see everything that you are blessed with. So 
I want to encourage you guys today to choose gratitude. Get that gratitude journal going. Start creating these gratitude letters. Do all of that and teach your children to do that. One of the best ways to get your children involved in gratitude is a gratitude jar. Get a a jar from Amazon, a nice one, not just something you have at home. Excuse me. A nice jar. Paint it up. Make it a craft project and make sure that they know what it is. And everything that they can think of that they're grateful for that happens in their day. They want a spelling bee. They want, you know, got an A on a test that they were studying for. Whatever it is, let them write it out and say, I am so grateful for. Put it in the jar. And then at a determined time next month or on Thanksgiving Day or whatever, you guys open it and read it all and just have a memory game of remembering how grateful they were for those things. That is an awesome way to allow your child to start being grateful. Okay, I digress. Let's get to verse 7. I literally just talked a lot. (laughs) Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. So David went, he and his 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Besor. Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. And they gave him bread and he ate and they let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights. Then David said to him, To whom do you belong and where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, servant of an Amalekite. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion of the southern area of the Sherathites, the territory which belongs to Judah, and the southern area of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, Can you take me down to this troop? So he said, Swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this troop. And when he had brought him down there, they were spread out all over the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. Then David took all the flocks and herds they had driven before those other livestock and said, This is David's spoil. Now David came to the 200 men who had been so weary that they could not follow David, whom they also had made to stay at the brook Besor. 
So they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. And when David came near the people, he greeted them. Then all the wicked and worthless men of those who went with David answered and said, Because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we have recovered, except for every man's wife and children, that they may lead them away and depart. But David said, My brethren, you shall not do so with what the Lord has given us, who has preserved us and delivered into our hand the troop that came against us. And this is, I feel like this is now what we're seeing is how David became a man after God's own heart. Because he is letting his troops know, hold on, you didn't do anything of yourself. The Lord delivered us into, delivered them into our hands. So this spoil is for us all. So uh, again, David, he had a bomb personality. And I, I don't know this, this man, of course, but he had such a bomb personality that even though his sins were great, I, I believe that when the Bible says that man looks on the outward appearance and God looks at his, the heart, his heart must have been so pure. Because how else could an infallible God look at such a fallible man and say, this is a man after my own heart, you know? Okay, for who will heed you in this matter? But as his part is who goes down to battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies, they shall share alike. So it was from that day forward, he made it a statue and an ordinance for Israel to this day. Now, when David came to Ziklag, he sent some of the spoils to the elders of Judah to his friends saying, here's a present for you from the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. To those who were in Bethel, those who were in Ramoth of the south, those who were in Jatir, those who were in Aror, those who were in Ziphmouth, I know I can't be pronouncing these right, those who were in Eshtemoa, those who were in Rachel, those who were in the cities of the Jeremelites, Jeremelites, I don't think I pronounced that right, those who were in the cities of the Kenites, and those who were in Horma, those who were in Choroshan, those who were in Athach, those who were in Hebron, and to all those places where David himself and his men were accustomed to rove. So he basically sent them part of the spoil to because he came and went out of those lands. And more than likely, these people also fed him and his troops and gave them, you know, lodging while there they were there. So here is, you know, chapter 31. And I believe we are about to, to read the end of Saul. Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell slain on Mount Gilboa. Then the Philistines followed hard after Saul and his sons, and the Philistines, aww, and the Philistines killed Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malchishua, Saul's sons. Okay, so Jonathan did um, die here. The battle became fierce against Saul. The archers hit him, and he was severely wounded by the archers. Then Saul said to the armor-bearer, Draw your sword and thrust me through with it, lest these uncircumcised men come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor-bearer would not, for he was greatly afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell on it, and when his armor-bearer 
armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his sword and died with him. So Saul, his three sons, his armor bearer, and all his men died together that same day. And when the men of Israel who were on the other side of the valley and those who were on the other side of the Jordan saw that the men of Israel had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they forsook the cities and fled, and the Philistines came and dwelt in them. So it happened the next day when the Philistines came to strip the slain that they found Saul and his three sons fallen on Mount Gilba. And they cut off his head and stripped off his armor and sent word throughout the land of the Philistines to proclaim it in the temple of their idols and among the people. Then they put his armor in the temple of the Ashtoreth and they fastened his body to the wall of Bethshan. Now when the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead heard that the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and traveled all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan. And they came to Jabesh and burned them there. Then they took their bones and buried them under the tamarisk tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. So now we see that... um, Samuel, I mean, excuse me, Saul has surely died. Um, and it was all because of his disobedience. His, and, and, and I don't know if I, I think I told you guys this in an, uh, another episode. Uh, one of my friends from college used to always say, sin always takes you further than you first thought. And his disobedience just one little thing he did just one little thing took him so far that he lost his anointing he's lost his kingship he lost his name because all his sons died and he wasn't able to pass on his lineage his kingdom nothing and it was all because of his disobedience and it wasn't even just his disobedience he decided in his own heart after hearing what the Lord wanted him to do that this is what he was going to do. And because of that, he lost everything and then his life. Because then the Lord and and and, and then the Lord found someone who was better than Saul and Saul didn't like it so he he persecuted David thereby adding even more fire on his head. So, this is what we have learned so far in 1 Samuel. Number one, David killed Goliath with a slingshot. (laughs) David was the least of Jesse's sons, but became the greatest. (coughs) Saul was not a man of his word or even a man after God's own heart, but he definitely wasn't a man of his word. To obey is definitely better than to sacrifice. We learned that. And we learned that, to me, one of the biggest things we learned is how David coped when he learned when he came back to Ziklag and saw his, his wives gone and his city burned. Instead of going crazy on people, he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He, his entire being and personality set up 
just growth in, in for, for his kingdom. It did. Now, I'm not going to say that David didn't have any hardships because he definitely did because he was a sinner. <laughs> but because of his repentful nature and his praise and his thanks, he was just a man after God's own heart. So I think I, I do want to continue first the second Samuel. I do because I want to see what happens now that David is king. And I want you guys who have never read the story of David to see how this man, because a lot of preachers don't preach that David was a sinner of sinners. They don't preach that because David had an entire book of the Bible that is the longest book of the Bible that is so filled with praise and everything that I don't think that pe- they really want you to know that David really is a sinner. I don't know why preachers don't preach that part, but he was a sinner of sinners. So I think I'm going to continue in um, 2 Samuel and maybe see if I can kind of correlate uh, some of Saul's, excuse me, some of the book of Psalms to what we read in 2 Samuel. So I hope you guys are enjoying this journey because I am. You know, I, like I've always said, David is my one of my favorite characters and I love reading about him because it reminds me that <laughs> prayer and praise is what I need to be focused on and that is it's really not my job to cleanse me because God is here to cleanse me. And I think... Um, I don't know. But I, I love the story of David. So I hope that you guys love it too. Thank you guys for listening to me today. As we learned more about David, don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you, your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. And guys, um, you guys know that there is no episode on Friday. But guess what? Now there will be episodes on Sunday. And the new episodes are going to be pretty good. They're going to be short. Tomorrow's episode is a little bit long because it's giving you the backstory. But going forward, the episodes are going to be short because they're literally me giving you um, just a little blurb for your week. So I'm not going to spoil anything. So make sure you tune in tomorrow and get that episode and every Sunday because it's going to be good. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe to me on YouTube at The Gratitude Chick. Make sure to click in my description box for the link to paid surveys, manifesting merchandise, and much more.